5: Top of the morning to you. It is Follow the Money here on v the Sports Betting Network. Mitch Moss along with Matt Humans today here on a Thursday as we are live in downtown Las Vegas. Circa Resort and Casino is the spot. Fun show on tap today. Professional sports bettor Aaron Renning is going to be on the show in 45 minutes. We'll find out who he likes tonight in Game 2 of the NBA Finals. Uh, Paul Stone in 90 minutes. He's going to be in studio today uh, for two segments as uh, South Point will open up week one numbers in college football. We'll talk college grids with him at that point. And Mike Palm in studio. It's Thursdays with the Maestro as he's coming in today.
4: Exciting day here with uh, two great guests in studio, yeah. Paul Stone and Mike Palm. So uh, looking forward to it. I know if, if Nigel Seeley was, were scheduled to be in studio today, there's uh, a great chance he would not make it.
5: Yeah. I don't know. Is he making it in life today? Do we know know the answer to that?
4: I think he's got one of his great memories of his lifetime today after what happened yesterday in England in the soccer match. Now,
5: here's the deal. Uh, Nigel, who comes on with us all the time talking soccer, he warned us about this earlier in the week. He said there's no chance of coming on with you guys on Thursday. There's no way. I'll come on Friday to talk about the final. Uh, He went to the match yesterday at Wembley, and he told his wife that he was going to take it easy because his wife wanted to go to Wimbledon today. Mm -hmm. We're on the show yesterday. Nigel's like four Stellas in. He's like, this is not going to go well. He said, I don't know if he was joking or not, but he tweeted out, I just told the better half, I asked her if her sister's busy tomorrow. She didn't really care for that one. So (laughs) (laughs) you're hours before the match still. They're getting tuned up. Uh, There's another guy, one of his buddies, and they're making a big deal out of it. And Nigel says, get this guy to 200 followers. And the guy made a video, and he said, if you give me to 200 followers today on Twitter, if England makes the championship game, I will buy every round on Sunday. And his number just it soared way past 200 followers. Mm-hmm. And all that guy's on the hook because England made it. But uh, it was a great scene yesterday. And yeah. uh, Nigel was, I think, pretty – uh, he was on his way. He was on his way early in the day.
4: Yeah, you could uh, – if, if you follow him on Twitter, you could see some great photos, videos up there from the uh, the experience that Nigel had for the England-Denmark game. And i got to tell you, I'm not crazy about the way the game ended. But, hey, right. England fans are not – going to apologize they're just going to take the win and advance to sunday yeah there's no question yeah.
5: we will touch on this coming up in about two minutes here on the show but you're right i mean when that happens in sports when there's w- whatever a questionable call or a rule that seems a little bizarre you think the fan base of the team that gets that benefits from that call or that rule will ever apologize there's no chance no. And why why would they
4: no, we'll expand on that uh, coming up because yeah. you, you have a couple of great examples from the NFL sure. in uh, recent years kind of compared to what happened in England in the soccer match yesterday. But uh, it's time for another NBA Finals game as well.
5: Yeah, I know. this is. And I, by the way, I like the schedule this year because we've had so many injuries. So I like how they went game one on Tuesday, yeah. game two tonight, and then we're going to wait until Sunday to get game three. I, it happens to work out this year just because so many guys have been banged up and hopefully mm-hmm. that will help out the freak's knee just because I want you know everybody to be at full strength, if possible, in a, in a series like this.
4: Yeah, no question. Also, the hockey season is now over, Mitch. Yes, it is. And uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning go back-to-back. Tampa Bay, <laughs> Tampa, Florida, the city of champions. How yep. about that? I
5: will compare what happened yesterday to two recent playoff games in the NFL next.
6: This is Brent Musburger, and here is your v Sin Action Update. Now, here are the latest lines from my guys in the desert. Game 2 NBA Finals. The Phoenix Suns, a 5.5-point home favorite over the Milwaukee Bucks. The total, 220. and the 118-105 Game 1 victory, Suns were 25 of 26 from the free throw line. Milwaukee, 9 of 16. The Los Angeles Dodgers have dropped three consecutive games. They send out Julio Urias today. 10-3, a 3.81 ERA, and a $1.50 road favorite of the Marlins, plus 140, 7.5 over the total at Lone Depot Park. The opening round of the Scottish Open, John Rom, the U.S. Open winner, is the 7-1 favorite. Xander Shoffley is 12-1. These hand breaks down all the betting angles for UFC 264 from Las Vegas, from the prelims to the main event featuring Dustin Poirier and Conor McGregor. Get sharp betting analysis from the industry's top USC handicappers, including analytical insight on every fighter and prop available on the card. slash subscribe. With your action update, I'm Mike Sennett. Get the latest vsin odds at vsin.com. And remember, cash and tickets is what it's all about. To follow the money with your hosts, Mitch Moss and Holly Howard.
5: This summer, it is time to update your sports betting wardrobe with some new VSIN gear. Hats, shirts, mugs with the VSIN logo, or fun sports betting sayings like cash and tickets is what it's all about. And it's not under until it's over. Visit the VSIN store today at slash store and find the perfect item for yourself or as a gift. That's slash store. So I think in order to kind of Put what happened yesterday in that soccer match into perspective. I want to remind people of what it's like here stateside, Matt, when we have an NFL playoff game, mm-hmm. or you can use, you can probably go back and find primetime games, right? Where there's a ton of betting handle and popular teams are playing in the game, and something happens in the game where the referees make a bad call, there's a stupid rule, whatever it might be, and then the team that got hosed, so to speak, goes on to lose that game or they don't cover. Like, that kind of sucks, and there is so much money here bet in America on these playoff games in the NFL. I think that, you know, obviously people who are in this racket, they get it, but for casual fans, people who might not pay attention to soccer, I don't think they really understand fully how much handle or what the right looks like on soccer matches yesterday Mm -hmm. worldwide, right? These are astronomical figures we're talking about. And globally speaking— like the offshore books, they're, they, 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 we talked to Nick yesterday from William Hill. I can't even imagine what the figures are like at some of the biggest you know offshore books in the world for a match like yesterday.
4: Well, you're right, it's off the charts. It's uh, much bigger than the NFL would be over here by comparison. But I'll say this, the uh, the bookmakers even in England who are English soccer fans probably were rooting for Denmark yesterday no question, because, because of all the money bet on the English side. Yep, yeah.
5: and that was to, to to win the game in various ways, certainly to advance, which... which you know, obviously came in. But here are my examples. If you go back, rack your brain, to this past year in the NFL playoffs, think about the Chiefs Browns game for a second. When it's 16 3, Chiefs are in control. We're nearing the end of the first half. Mm-hmm. Mayfield hits Rashad Higgins. He's going to the corner of the end zone and he gets hit. And as he's reaching the ball out, it, he fumbles it. He loses the ball and it goes out of bounds. And we know what happens at that point, right? Mm-hmm. They actually go to a replay. And in the replay, we all could see that Sorensen led with his head, so that should have been a spearing job by him. But you can't—that's not reviewable. So we're looking at this over and over and over again, saying, "Well, that's—that's that's a flag on the Chiefs." Look at that. There it is. Perfect photo. Thank you, guys. That happened. They replayed it a thousand times. He loses the ball, goes out of bounds. Everybody's up in arms. What happens? Well, because of that rule, the Chiefs get the ball at the twenty-yard line. They go down. They kick a field goal. And instead of sixteen ten at halftime potentially, it's nineteen three Chiefs.
4: That's a big turnaround. It's very unfortunate that uh, it's it's written that way in the rules. You just can't review that helmet to helmet hit like that on the uh, on the Chiefs. Right. And so the Browns should have the ball basically at the one yard line. Instead, the Chiefs get the ball. They go down. A six-point game turns into a 16-point game before the half. And you sit around and say, what a stupid rule. Oh. What why does the oh. NFL do? And there are so many examples of that across sports. And, uh, you know, hell, we'll, we'll go back. And you were talking about this before the show. The worst, the most egregious thing I've seen in the NFL in the past 20 years was the pass interference on the Rams against the Saints in the NFC Championship. 100%. That determined which team was going to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. The call was completely blown. Oh, yes, it was. And the game was handed to the Rams. The
5: guy was tackled. As the ball is coming towards him, he is tackled out of bounds.
4: Can't review that, though. No flag. Can't review it. No flag. Can't review it. And um, NFL changes rule the next year. You can review penalties, uh, pass interference, but then the NFL decides to almost never overturn any pass interference penalties. There are so many examples of uh, rules that suck in sports. I think one of the worst is what we saw yesterday in the Denmark-England soccer game.
5: I can't. I mean, it's so silly, Matt. You
4: could. Some people would call it the worst. Um, it might be hyperbole. It's always a reaction to the sure. moment. Sure, Overreaction to the moment. But this is a really bad, bad rule, man.
5: It really is. So, again, like that, the, the, the Rams-Saints game, everybody remembers that call. And everybody can agree. Even, I think even Rams fans or Rams betters were like, they blew that call. They did. That I mean, was a pretty you can bad admit call. they
4: blew the call, but ram 's fans ram 's betters aren 't going to give the money back or apologize oh, for sure you know for sure take the Super Bowl berth and uh, move on, and the, the saints saints better saints fans can feel screwed all they want, but you 're not going to get the Super Bowl and you 're not going to get your money back.
5: Yep. so that yeah. leads us into what happened yesterday. And you brought, first of all, like the, the penalty overall was extremely questionable. <laughs> I mean I think that England certainly got the benefit of that whistle there 's no question about it. And so they had the chance to actually do the PK. And then Harry Kane trots out there. And I know what a lot of people think about Harry Kane, and I don't necessarily disagree. And, and Chris Felic has been beating this drum for a long time, is that he's just, he's right guy, right place, right time. That kind of sums up who he's been. He's mm-hmm. a really nice soccer player, right? But he, that's, that kind of tells you who he's been throughout his career. So he gets the PK then. But not only does he get the PK, so then he kicks it, the keeper does his job, but he doesn't secure the ball with his arms. So it ricochets off him. And then Kane has another chance to put in the rebound. Like, who ever thought of this? And I'm no soccer historian. I'm guessing this has happened quite a bit, but I don't recall the top of my head, like other big moments in recent years where this has actually taken place in the soccer world. As this is unfolding, I'm like, he gets another chance at the kick <laughs> because the, the keeper couldn't, like, grab the ball and keep it in his two hands? You got, and then, by the way, the defense has no chance to come and help him out. It's just Harry Kane by himself with the second kick. If the penalty kick gets stopped originally, that's it. Should be, a dead, it. Ball. Should be a, a dead ball. Dead ball. Yeah. Y- you blow it dead at that point and you move on. There's no chance on earth Kane should get another chance to rebound that and put it in the back of the net, which is what happened. And, you know, some of the reaction that came in on this yesterday, I, this is um, John Henderson tweeted this out. He's, an old, he's a retired newspaper guy mm-hmm. who retired to Rome, actually. And he tweeted out, one of the wor- wor- uh, worst rules in sports is what happened. Block penalty kicks are live balls. The shooter uh, who choked has a clear advantage to the rebound than any player in the world. Denmark's uh, keeper gets no credit for a great save. Exactly right. He did his job. How on earth do you get another chance to put the ball in the back of the net?
4: No, he shouldn't. That's what it says it should be a dead ball once. First of all, I think I'm not a guy who watches a ton of soccer. But I, I do like the drama of the, uh, the penalty kick shootouts, sure. but, but the penalty kicks are way too easy. Can you move the ball back a few oh. yards, maybe move, move it back even five yards? It's, it's so easy. It's basically up to the goaltender just to get lucky and guess and jump one way. I don't even know, uh, if you're Harry Kane, how you get that blocked. It's embarrassing to not his, score. He whiffed on it. I know. That's it, on him. And the fact that he gets a second chance on the rebound goal is is a joke. I, I hate to see England advance this way, but I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. I think uh, the bookmakers are probably the ones that uh, feel most burned by that result because, man, if Denmark wins that game yesterday, it's a huge, huge win for the books. Oh,
5: they, yeah, b- books are to crush it for sure. Uh, this is a tweet from Chris Felica. Completely agree with the tweet from John Henderson. And if it's going to be a live ball, at least allow the defenders to be right on the outside of the box so they have a chance to actually get, uh, you know, get the rebound. Mm. He's right. He's right. Uh, silly. And I love this analogy. I want to throw this at you, Matt. This is from Kevin Rogers. Think about this here. The PK, Kevin said, it felt like a missed technical free throw, but you can put the rebound with no one in the lane. That's kind of what it's like.
4: Oh, uh, somewhat. I mean, the goaltender does have a chance to to gather the ball after he blocks it. I'm not going to defend the rule. I don't want to defend uh, the rule. The whole, the whole I, the thing. The was difference total with nonsense. the missed technical free throws. There's nobody there that has a chance to get the ball, and you just lay it up. Yep. But uh, the goaltender does have a chance to get the ball. I, I hate the rule. I don't. I hate the way the game ended. But hey, good for Nigel Seeley in England and everyone who bet on England. And uh, now we move on to what's going to be a great final. On uh, Sunday. No
5: doubt. No doubt. And by the way, for the record, I had no action on the game.
4: I'm uh, just, I, same here.
5: I was just an observer. My thoughts is it's happening in real time. I thought it was complete bogus. But uh, our buddy, the Sharp Plays, who told us about Mr. Poison years ago during the first period uh, totals run, the guy was just uh, horrendous at betting. Uh, he said, he tweeted this out after the game, once again, not the best outcome for the books as the draw hits, but much better than an England regulation win. And he said... Uh, this is actually during the game, can Denmark win now? That's the final and biggest book need due to a ton, in capital letters, a ton of live betting volume. (laughs) So again, like this match is, compared to any NFL playoff game that you want, whatever, I mean, worldwide, there's a ton of money coming in before, during, as this game is unfolding, etc.
4: That's a huge game on a worldwide scale. I I think even uh, American sports fans who are not into soccer have to acknowledge that, and I'm, I'm one of those. But I did watch... I have watched uh, a couple of these recent soccer games. It's good drama. It is. It they're they're is. fun and, uh, games. The, the handle on Sunday is going to be off the charts as well. And uh, are you going to have action on it?
5: Uh, I may. I have not yet. I may. I may take uh, – I want to make a case for Italy, but I will tell you that clearly I thought England was the better side yesterday than Denmark. Uh-huh. And Denmark, to me, looked completely fatigued as they went to uh, extra time and then the, the 30 minutes added on. I thought England looked – to me, they looked like Floyd Mayweather in a fight. Like the 10th round, he's not even sweating. Those guys were just running up and down the pitch like, hey, it's it's the first five minutes of the match. I was blown away at their conditioning yesterday. That really, really impressed me. So um, if that factors in at all, I think England would have the edge, obviously. Plus, you know, they're playing at home. Here's the thing. If you lived over there Mm – like not, not if you were born over there, because obviously you'd be a big soccer fan. Let's say you moved to uh, Europe in the next five years. Wouldn't you become a soccer fan if you went to a couple of matches? Uh,
4: especially now. Yeah. When this is the most success England's had in soccer in uh, 50 years, right? Yep. 1966, the last time England made it to a soccer final, which boggles my mind. I can't believe uh. that a country so... Uh, predominant in soccer, has not made any sort of final in over 50 years.
5: Yep. This is yep. a good, good tweet from Phil. He says the rule is even sillier in that if Kane hits the bar or the post and then touches it next, it would be a free kick to Denmark.
4: you got to be kidding me. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay.
5: <laughs> Who draws this stuff up? I don't know. Wow.
4: The NFL competition committee. Yes, maybe. there you yeah. go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. By the way, which,
5: as we're on this for a second here, which rule do you hate the most in football? Is it the fact that if you drop the ball going to the pylon and it goes out of bounds, the other it's team gets the back? 20?
4: Yeah. yeah. I think that's probably the worst rule in football. Yeah.
5: yeah. I don't, to me, I don't like the pass. I've never liked the pass interference.
4: I, spot foul, man, a, does that drive me nuts. Pass interference should be a 15 yard penalty, not a spot foul yeah, in the NFL, right? I, if you ask me if there's one rule I could change in the NFL, that would be it because that can completely turn a game. You know, you have a 40- or 50-yard penalty at a crucial time. Uh, we've seen it so many yeah, – we don't have to go Yeah, go over it again. We've seen it so many times. It, it makes you sick when you watch a replay and a ref blows a pass interference call and turns into a 40- or 50-yard penalty. It's a joke. Yep. That would probably be the number one thing I would change.
5: So we had that yesterday. We had Tampa Bay finishing off Montreal – Uh, In game five of the Stanley Cup final, they take it down now back-to-back years. Impressive run, man. And don't forget again, three years ago, they won the President's Cup, scored more than 120 points. It was one of the best regular season teams of all time before they choked in the playoffs that year. And they went on to win back-to-back Stanley Cup championships. They got swept
4: in the first round. Yeah, yeah. Three years years ago by Columbus. Yep. And then uh, bounced back and win back-to-back titles. I remember Lou Finnecaro came to Vegas with a suitcase full of money. Three years ago, before the playoffs, to bet on the Tampa Bay Lightning to win the whole thing. A suitcase full of cash. Did he really? Went to different books, bet it all, and they got swept in the first round. I, I'd still remind him of that to this day. But Lou has bounced back big time. He uh, did recommend, and I know he played under in uh, last night's Montreal-Tampa Bay game, and that's the best bet out there. one yep. nothing, uh, no threat, really. The Canadians not much of a threat to even score in that game last night.
5: Yep, yep. And uh, the goaltending last night was uh, really, really good, I thought. You know, the Canadi- uh, Canadians' great story, came to an end, and they were just outmatched. And, you know, nobody had them really getting by the Golden Knights to get to this point, and they did. And I would say, looking back, the Game 2 loss, really killed the team's chances of doing really anything and making a longer series or having a chance to win. Mm-hmm. Cause I thought they were clearly the better team in game two. And again, that goal with like 0.3 seconds left in the second period by, and it was an amazing goal. But for that, for the Canadians to allow that goal to go in was a total backbreaker. And it just, it wasn't the same thing. And they eventually did win a game. So to extend it to five, but Tampa Bay is too good. And, 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 you know, obviously got it done last night. Um, you have all that going on. We had a no hitter yesterday in baseball, albeit seven innings, as the Indians lost again, and uh, that's nine straight now for Cleveland. And I had a, uh, I watched a lot of that Mets Brewers game yesterday. Degrom was really good. He allowed two home runs. And of all games, Matt, if you you know if you bet on the Brewers in that game yesterday, because Burns was really good. Of all games, for Josh Hader to blow his first save of the season. <laughs> You hold that down, you beat DeGrom, you walk out of there with a 2-1 victory. And, oh, by the way, because he didn't, the home run tied it up at two. They're going to extras. You know what that means? The total was four and a half in the game because yep. it was seven in- innings. And, uh, you know, it goes over, obviously, at that point. The guy had not blown a save all year long. Solo home run tied at two. There you go. There goes the under.
4: Jacob DeGrom has uh, thrown 92 innings this season. He's allowed six homers, and two of them were in yesterday's game. Yeah, uh, He's been nearly untouchable, but uh, he did get – Touched up a couple times yesterday, still uh, phenomenal uh, performance by that guy in the first half of this season. Is he your MVP right now? Or is it uh, in, the, in the National League? Or is it Fernando Tatis Jr. Or who would it be?
5: Man, I honestly would probably lean to Grom at this point.
4: He's the betting favorite by a little bit. By a smidge, yeah. Um, that's should be an interesting race to the wire because yeah. uh, you've you've had two pitchers win the National League MVP since 1968. Only twice has it happened. This could be the third time.
5: I'm okay with that, by the way. Yeah. I'm okay if a pitcher deserves it. Yeah. He should be named the MVP as well as a Cy Young winner. And if DeGrom continues like this and puts up, uh, you know um, – some of the best numbers, maybe we've ever seen. Sure, I'm, I'm okay with him getting the most valuable player at that point. And this, by the way, is coming from a guy who has t- t- uh, Tatis at 200 to 1 mm-hmm. on multiple tickets to win the uh, MVP. I
4: like your chances, actually. Uh, game
5: two player props Bucks Suns game. Coming up next, a double double for him is a juicy plus 130. V-CIN is your betting headquarters for UFC 264. We are bringing you in-depth analysis of the McGregor-Poirier fight, the main event, plus key bouts on the undercard from our full team of experts, including Lufin Acaro. Reed Kuhn, and Jordan Sherwood. Sign up for the free Vsin newsletter to receive our digital guide and tune in Saturday at noon Eastern for First Strike, our live preview show with updates from all of our fight experts. Get everything you need for betting on UFC 264 and sign up now for the free UFC 264 betting guide at vcin.com slash free. We do get game two tonight then of the NBA Finals. Uh, looking at player props now. On the game itself, uh, Chris Paul has not had a double-double match since Game Three of the series against the Clippers. But the way that he's playing overall, uh, you can get him at plus one thirty to have a double-double. The points have been there. I mean, the guy's been fantastic scoring. I would take. I would take that plus
4: one thirty.
5: Yep. So would I. Uh, here are his assists, by the way, going back nine, eight, eight, seven, twelve, seven, eight, fifteen, eleven, twelve. So yeah, it hasn't been since Game Three of that series. But he's been close, and if the, here's a way I look at it, right? If the Bucks adjust defensively tonight, which is what everybody expects, to, uh, you know how they're going to maybe slow him down from scoring, well, then he'll just facilitate a little bit more sure. is what can happen.
4: That's completely what I expect tonight is Paul is going to be more of a facilitator because if you're the Bucks, you have to make adjustments within the series, and you're going to say, okay, we've got to force Chris Paul to give up the ball a little bit more often. And um, if you look at his line in game one, he had nine assists. But he would have easily been in the double digits if Devin Booker didn't go 1 for 8 from 3 and Jay yep. Crowder 0 oh for 5. Those two guys went 1 for 13 from 3. Uh, those That burned a few potential assists for Chris Paul. I I think there's a, a good chance that guy gets the 14, 15 assists uh, tonight for the Suns. So I actually like that double-double prop quite a bit.
5: I want to see if you can actually, at some spots, you can find alternate assists for Chris Paul. And right now I'm looking at his standard numbers, 8.5 for the game. Yeah, I think he's going to touch 10, 11, 12, something like that. Uh, with a ceiling maybe where you talked about, too. And maybe his points will come down from in the 30s to 16 in that range. 17, 18, that's the kind of game that I would right. expect.
4: Uh, he's not going to put up 30 points in every game. No, no, it's and, not going to happen. He had 32 points in game one, so I think his scoring will be down a little bit in this game and his assist number will be up.
5: Points for the game. They slapped a healthy 26.5 on Giannis. I believe I saw 28.5 in another book.
4: That's uh, too high for me. I, I, yeah. I would think under or pass on that because, hey, what what if he tweaks his knee during the game sure. too? You're going to bet over and the guy takes a hit, drives to the basket. He plays a physical game. He, he drives to the hoop and he gets hit, tweaks his knee, and he's got to sit out maybe a couple quarters um, or a couple minutes here or there throughout the game. He's probably not going to get to 30 points. So I, I would think that uh, that's the type of thing you have to look to play under. Yeah,
5: I would look under Giannis for the time being – and uh, Devin Booker's number is 28 and a half. That's the thing, right? He did not have a good shooting night.
4: Still scored 27. He did. Yeah.
5: So you would anticipate with 27 points on a bad shooting night, what can Booker get to when he actually has an average or a good night at the office? And so 20 and a half is the adjustment for him. And, I'm look, I, I don't like betting these overs. I made a, you know, I've said that before on the air many, many times. Uh, I would probably lay off a Booker. but I'm not, I won't be surprised if he gets to 30 points tonight in this game. No.
4: I don't like to bet over those high point prop numbers, but Devin Booker's going to get, he had 21 shot attempts in the first game. He's going to be into 20 plus shot attempts again tonight. So I think it's tough to bet under that prop number. For me, it's just a pass. And Mikel Bridges had a good first game. This is a player who
5: JVT really likes in the series. And he made a case for his uh, over one and a half three-pointers in game one that cashed.
4: He had two, two for four.
5: Yep. Ten and a half. I think he might. You know, I think he can go over ten and a half again tonight for Bridges. I I like that one. Uh, Rebounds. We saw what DeAndre Ayton did in Game One. He was a man child. His rebounding prop tonight is twelve and a half. Like if Giannis is banged up at all, again, where he what what you just said, maybe there's a flare up on the knee. Maybe he's got to sit out for extra minutes. Whatever. I think Ayton's got. He's got a chance to put up tremendous rebounding numbers the entire series. Mm -hmm.
4: Well, this is one of the big advantages the Suns have is DeAndre Ayton's athletic uh, athletic ability in the uh, paint. He had 19 rebounds in Game One, 17 of those were defensive rebounds. Uh, how do you how do you bet DeAndre Ayton to have anything uh, less than 10 rebounds yeah. in a game in this series? I think he's going to be double digit rebounds basically in every game. Yep, so do I.
5: Yep. Uh, and by the way, the game itself is uh, priced at the Suns five and a half. And uh, the total's around uh, 220.
4: Just quickly, you want me to yep. tell you why uh, plus minus numbers are bogus sure. in basketball? DeAndre Aiden was very efficient in game one. 8 for 10 from the field, 6 for 6 at the line, 19 rebounds, 22 points. You don't get much better than that. He had zero turnovers. Jay Crowder had a plus 19. He was 0 for 8, 0 for 5, with two turnovers, no assist, and one point in the game. DeAndre Ayton's plus-minus was plus thirteen. Jay Crowder's was plus (laughs) nineteen.
5: There you go. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Okay. Uh, Tonight's marquee game in Major League Baseball coming up next. You are looking for a hot tip to bet on. Bet Rivers Sportsbook has you covered every day. Go to the Bet Rivers app or betrivers.com and find the game you want to bet on. Tap tips, and you'll get instant research for the upcoming matchup. Try it out for baseball, soccer, tennis, and a variety of other sports. And to make your experience even more rewarding, Bet Rivers offers the most live streams of major sports and payouts, and only one-time play through Bet Rivers, your hometown sportsbook. The offer is valid in Colorado, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Virginia, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. It's also available at PlaySugarHouse.com in New Jersey. Must be 21. How about some streaks right now, Matt, in Major League Baseball? The Indians have lost nine consecutive games. No hit yesterday in a seven-inning doubleheader. So they're reeling. The Cubs had lost 11 straight until last night, and they got to Zach Wheeler.
4: Yeah, the Cubs uh, had been on a horrendous tailspin since they threw a no-hitter. That was a combined no-hitter with uh, Zach Davies and the bullpen against the Dodgers. Had not won a game since. And then last night they get to Zach Wheeler, who had been uh, pitching great. So sometimes it's hard to make any sense of what happens in baseball. And I still think the most confounding thing that's happened all season is the red-hot Astros getting swept at home by the Orioles, who hadn't won a game on the road in two months. Me too. Yeah.
5: Yep. Wrap your head around that one.
4: <laughs> by the way, the Dodgers are going to try to avoid the sweep in Miami today. Yeah. Well, Dodgers' bullpen gave it up last night, three-run homer in the ninth, and the Marlins got to win 9-6. And uh, Dodgers struggling a little bit. And all of a sudden, uh, you're starting to see some cracks on this team, Mitch, because Trevor Bauer might not be back anytime soon. Mm, that's the way it looks. And uh, <laughs> Walker Bueller is not exactly dominant. He's one of the guys who uh, I think been exposed a little bit with yep. the spin rate being down. So maybe the, uh, the Dodgers are not the dominant World Series favorites that everyone thought they were going to be. Obviously, they were struggling off to, what, an 18 and 16 start, and they started playing a lot better baseball. But right now, with this Trevor Bauer situation, I think the, uh, the Dodgers are going to be in a little bit of trouble.
5: So money, by the way, a little bit on the Marlins overnight. They opened up plus 141.
4: Got uh, a pretty good pitcher going today, too.
5: Elkintar is really good going against uh, Urias, and now he's, they're down to plus 137 at home. Other streaks, the Brewers have now lost. Well, they they won the back end of the doubleheader, but they lost three straight before they won the uh, the back end last night. Astros five straight wins. They're hot again. Rays four straight wins. How about some road records here? And we're talking about teams, plural. Matt, maybe on pace to have the – in recent years, anyway, I went back and looked last night. Like, in contention for the worst road record we've seen mm. or right there, like, in the mix. Right. Rockies got beat again. They're mm. trying to avoid the sweep today in Arizona. Do you want a piece of Colorado at plus 124? Yeah, so will I. Look at that. Look at that. They're 6-33 <clears throat> on the
4: road. Rockies are so bad on the road that I actually bet the D-backs as favorites two nights ago. I laid, I think, 125 with the D-backs. It was 125 or 130 with was the D-backs. Was that with Kelly on the mound? Yeah, with Merrill Kelly yeah. uh, two nights ago. I thought, you know... If I lose this bet, I'm going to feel like an idiot. But the D-backs are favored for a reason, and the Rockies are so bad on the road. I thought, you know, Merrill Kelly has pitched uh, pretty well at times recently, so it wasn't a bad play. But the D-backs are on a historic pace in terms of uh, losing. They were eight and fifty going into that game, eight and fifty, and the Rockies right now on a six and thirty-three road skid.
5: Yep, Diamondbacks ten and thirty-six on the road. But look at some of those numbers: Pirates thirteen and twenty-nine. The Cubs are 16 and 29, and the American League Rangers 13 and 30, Royals 15 and 28, Orioles 15 and 31. So I I went back and looked at the past five years for kind of a guideline as uh, you know how bad teams can be on the road overall. In I didn't use last year 2019 Tigers 22 and 55, but they were also 22 and 59 at home. They lost yeah 114 games that year. They were pathetic. In 2018, Baltimore was 19 and 62 on the road. But the Rockies are on pace to be worse than that this year. 2017, Giants were 26-55. and In 2016, the Twins and Padres were terrible. And in 2015, the two teams on the list were the Braves and Phillies. But again, the the, the teams in 2021 are right there, if not below, with some of the worst teams we've had in recent years on the road. That's how bad it is.
4: And I'll I'll tell you this about the Rockies, too. They're not a... Rotten baseball team. In fact, at home, the Rockies are 31-17. and 17. Think about that. It's just for some reason this team can outperform on the road, and it's uh, that one's a little bit difficult to figure out. We see some teams with some uh, strange home-road dichotomies, but this one for the Rockies is they're a really good baseball team at home. Yep. 31-17 is a great home record. You know,
5: that's the thing. The Rockies are – you know, you watch them play – they certainly have some guys that go out there every single day, and uh, you know their Trevor Story's really good. Blackman, you know, obviously over right. the years, uh, Marquez at home is like really, really good. But to explain that on the road is weird because they're not—they're not a bad baseball team. Arizona's a bad baseball team. Right. They're one of the worst we've seen. Uh, they might be Detroit bad from a couple of years ago. They might be Baltimore bad from this recent swing that they've had or stretch. Um, Colorado's not that bad, but on the road, six and thirty-three. And here's the thing. Um, and I know Chris Bennett, who was on this earlier this week, who does all the baseball here at Circus Sports, when I tweeted out the Diamondbacks' road record, I think it was last week, and he said it's not like they're $3 dogs every game Right. with the Diamondbacks. They're not.
4: No, well, in fact, they have favored in the last two games. <laughs> yes. But they did win those <laughs> games. But the D-backs, even when they were going through that 8-50 and uh, tailspin, it's not like they were huge underdogs on a nightly basis. You and I talked about it in the last week or two. How many people out there – we're betting against the D-backs in baseball almost every day. How many people are betting against the Rockies almost every time they hit the road? Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's, it's that simple, right?
5: Yep. And Baltimore, until they go to Houston and sweep them, like you
4: said. Uh, I still can't figure I'll never yeah, be Matt, able to figure that out. Here's
5: a prediction. We are going to look back at the end of the year, right? If we were going to do a baseball betting-like review right. in October, that series would make the list. Oh, it, it would have to because the no Astros were super hot, Orioles stink, and they had lost like twenty straight on the road. And they go to Houston, and they win every game on the reverse run line. Come on,
4: that made no sense whatsoever. No.
5: What do you? The marquee game tonight on paper, anyway, (laughs) is uh, Washington
4: at San Diego. Yeah, I'm intrigued by this game. I love the pitching matchup. And you know, a lot of times when you say, uh, you say, I can't believe I'm going to get Max Scherzer at this price, at this plus price. Uh, Can you turn that down? As a baseball better, can you turn down Max Scherzer at about plus 130? It's going to be tough for me to turn that down tonight. I watched last night's Nationals-Padres game, and the Nationals beat the stuffing out of the Padres at Petco last night. And uh, their offense is clicking right now. If Max Scherzer goes out there and performs like usual uh, today... I think the first five is probably going to be a pretty good bet. The last three starts for Scherzer, 17 innings, three earned runs. He's not going to give up much today. I wouldn't expect would think so. In the first five, he's got a pretty good chance to uh, win that. But he's also going up against the ace of the Padres staff, which is Hugh Darvish.
5: Good pitching matchup. That'll be a fun one to watch tonight. But I'm with you on that. 128 right now. That's too juicy to turn down, I think. on am Max Scherzer. Up next, professional, sports better. Aaron Renning's going to join the show. He's one of the best in the NBA. Does he like a Bucks bounce back or the Suns to take a 2-0 series lead?
4: Join the action on DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports. Just download the app and use promo code VSIN when you sign up to compete for cash prizes each week. Don't wait. Sign up now and new customers get a deposit bonus of up to $500. Code is VSIN when you sign up. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER or an Indiana 1-800-9 with it. Must be 18 or older. Eligibility restrictions apply. DraftKings.com for details. Again, the promo code for this, V-S-I-N. Game 2 Bucks
5: Bucs-Suns tonight. Phoenix Lane, five and a half. The total's around 220. Professional sports bettor Aaron Renning is awesome betting the NBA, and he uh, joins us here early on a Thursday morning. ER, good morning. How are you today?
7: All right. Uh, good morning, guys. Glad to uh, be, you, uh, be with you guys to talk uh, NBA in July.
4: Yeah, I feel like the odd man out here. I'm with two Bucs superfans.
5: That, was, that is that how you would consider
4: uh, ER and I to be? Well, you guys grew up in Wisconsin. You're both Bucks super fans, right? Yeah. Huh? Are
5: are you a Bucks fan still
4: to this day? Oh, he is, ER? he is. He is. He uh, is. It's
5: uh, not
7: easy to be a Bucks fan with uh, Budenholzer as the uh, head coach. But But uh, Dom, no, more of an NBA point, more more of a fan. Whoever I got money on. Right, <laughs> let me,
4: uh, He's downplaying this, Mitch. I, I was watching the Bucks Brooklyn Nets game when the Bucks. Uh, uh, did they clinch the series that night, um, Er? When we were in, um, we were at the U.S. Open in San Diego, and we went out right. there watching the Bucks Nets game, and the Bucks won that. I have not seen Er so happy in his life the night that Bucks <laughs> beat the Nets. He was like, "Yeah, it's pretty cool. This is pretty cool." Huh. He was smiling all night.
7: Did, huh? you, have, did you have a huge uh, bet on him, or? Uh, it certainly helped to uh, steal that series bet. Uh, Bucks <laughs> won.
5: Uh, yeah, that doesn't hurt. Doesn't hurt. Um, Matt was talking about this earlier. He doesn't really, you know, he looks at uh, plus minuses just as kind of an, from an entertainment angle. He doesn't really put much stock into it. His example was from game one, uh, Jay Crowder played 32 minutes. He had one point. He was all of eight, all of five from downtown, nine rebounds. He was plus 19. Ayton was awesome. He had 22 points, 19 rebounds. He was plus 13. As a guy who does this professionally and you're really good at the NBA, do you put much stock into the plus minus?
7: Um, I certainly put some. I, I mean, certainly from a one-game sample size, you can't go crazy, but you see a, a certain trends like that that go uh, essentially, you know, the entire series six, seven games. I think probably most notably uh, with the Bucks, it was Brooke Lopez of minus minus seventeen and Bobby Portis of minus minus ten. Uh, pretty much the uh, the defenders uh, that uh, allowed ball uh, when it was uh, the Suns, of course, switched on. Uh, Lopez or Portis or when Paul or Booker did it was 147 offensive rating Those. Two.
5: Hmm. Did we lose him? You there? Oh, I
7: think. I'm here. I got you. Okay. okay. okay.
5: Yeah. I, I, okay. Got gotcha. you. So then, what do you make of the game then tonight? Phoenix Lane five and a half, and the totals around 220.
7: Well, I, I mean, I, I kind of looked at this as I was looking to play Phoenix uh, throughout the series, or at times I could point to them. However, um. If I'm going to be playing any toy beside tonight, uh, I would be interested in the bucks. It would be the first half. I certainly don't trust them in the game situation, but I, I think there are a, a few things you could look at that uh, perhaps will go or at least on the buck side that you know that was probably going to be a tough spot for them in game one when you consider they had the road game close out in, in Atlanta uh, on Saturday had to wheel back of course uh, go to Phoenix. Uh, for game one a Suns team that's uh, certainly rested and ready to go here uh in the uh in the playoffs the way it's worked out for them um i think number two you look at the uh arrest uh, arrest or rust situation with yadas who had missed a couple of games uh you knew that that was going to be a, a fact that we've seen it all playoffs but it was paul that came back or harden that came back so I think it probably helps them uh, a bit to get uh, Giannis back in form here for game two. And the Suns, you know, I think one of the things you take away from the box score: 25 of 26 from the free throw line, you know, the Suns not a team that really got gets to the free throw line a lot really throughout the season. The Bucks are, are a good team that doesn't allow a lot of free throws. And the Suns really got to the free throw line a lot uh, out of the bid range, et cetera, look. So those are some things that you know I, I think can turn around. The Bucks were not good in the paint, um, and you know the offensive rebounds. I think they got six zero points out of those. So, uh, you know, look for the adjustments, and I think the Bucks can you know get inside the number. I'm hoping to get plus three in the first half.
4: You're gonna play for the game too. You're gonna play first quarter, first half, end game, or just first half?
7: Uh, I'm really, for me with the Bucks, uh, I'm not interested in the game because yeah. the, in the second half. You know, as far as adjustments, I I trust the Suns more. I I certainly trust the Suns more to execute the second half, and that's the way you know game or the first game went. You know, Chris Paul was able to pick some things up off the first half and really pick out uh, the defenders that he wanted to, and etc. And you know, Chris Paul has made a great living in the NBA Hall of Fame. Living, I mean. Uh, just a, a great player, one of my favorite players in the league. He just uh, finds the edge, uh, the margins to win. Uh, of course, the Bucks and Bootholster uh, simply just kind of refuse to do this game by game. So in the end, I uh, don't really want to bet against the, the Suns. But I think, again, uh, Bucks can make some adjustments here and in, in, uh, get the uh, – have a point spread on their side here in the first
5: half. I, I like what you're saying. It totally makes sense to me. You can't really trust Budenholzer for a full game, but maybe they come out first quarter, first half, and get the job done that way. Uh, ER, uh, Aaron Renning, professional sports better, is our guest. What did you think of uh, the way Giannis looked on the court in game one? I thought, I mean, I got to tell you, maybe it was based on my expectations. I thought right away in the game for the first stretch, anyway. I was pleasantly surprised. I thought he looked borderline superb. And then what do you, what do you think, you, you know, what can you expect from him tonight? This player prop is like 26, 27, 28 points right around there.
7: I mean, when it's all said and done, it really, a lot of the weight has to be on his shoulders. I mean, he did look good, especially early. Um, you know, the second half, you know, you saw him limp a little bit in the third quarter. Uh, the, you know, the Suns kind of did a better job building a wall uh, against him, which, you know, a lot of teams have certainly done. Uh, but again, yeah, you expect him to be a little bit more aggressive, and I, I still think the Suns can be had a little bit inside in the paint. Um, you know, that's where the Bucks uh, again need to thrive. I mean, the first game uh, from zero to four feet, uh, the Bucks thirteen to twenty-one, the Suns fifteen to twenty. That's another stat uh, that the Bucks are going to have a hard time winning if that continues.
4: All right, how about the total and uh, going into Game One, JVT's. With John Von Tobel played over 217. That number was bet up a little bit, and it landed on uh, 223, 118, 105. 50 points was the lowest-scoring quarter in game one. Uh, what what sort of pace do you expect to see here? You're talking about adjustments within a series. So what sort of pace do you expect to see? And I, I made this same point that you said uh one thing people over, overlook in a box score is the Suns were incre- incredibly efficient from the free-throw line, 25 to 26, and that helped get game one over the total. Uh, are you going to play game two over the total?
7: Um, yes, I, I'm interested, again, kind of probably more in the first half. Um, I actually played mm-hmm. I, I played more first-half total uh, in game one, and boy, that was a kind of a tough beat for those who were following 106 points scored. He needed that final bucket that didn't really come in the final minute of that one. Uh, the total about 107, 108. 108 here uh, for tonight. But uh, I'll say this. In the first half, 105 possessions. In the second half, 95 possessions mm. in game one. And if you if you go back and watch Chris Paul and his post-game comments, uh, he basically said, you know, our goal, we wanted to push the pace, and Paul even admitted, self-admitted, you know, I'm the guy that generally would keep the pace down, but, you know, he may note uh, that uh, the Suns want to push the ball in this series. And, you know, with that said, the Suns are always a team that are a little bit more apt to run in the first half than in the second half when Chris Paul would really slow things down uh, a little bit. So uh, that has me thinking a little bit. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, the Bucks kind of, they went to it more in the second half, go to that small ball five. Uh, with Giannis uh, playing center uh, position, I, I think that's a decent lineup for him. They're going to give away some, uh, uh, certainly defensively, with that unit, but gives them a lot better chance to to operate. Giannis a better chance to get to the rim and put some shooters around him. Uh, to me, uh, I mean, I don't know what the the Bucks are going to absolutely do here defensively. So mm-hmm. they have to figure it out offensively, and I think that's uh, that's one of the angles that they can play here. Uh, first half over for me, uh, lean that way at 108.
5: Very good. Yeah, we have like 90 seconds, and I'll give you one more too. When Giannis now back in the starting lineup, that pushes Portis to the bench, and if Portis doesn't get the minutes or he doesn't contribute like what happened in game one, I don't. who else can you rely on on the Bucks bench?
7: Well, it's just it. I mean, this team, they sold out to get Holiday. Um, you know, who knows are certainly the front and center for getting a lot of blame here. The front office hasn't done this team a lot of favors. Uh, that bench is not even close to what it's been uh, the last couple of uh, the last couple of years. So uh, we'll see if they can do a better job. I mean, just simple things that uh, you want to see the Bucks do that they don't seem to pick on. I mean, the Clippers uh, when they had success in that series, they were hunting Booker, make him work defensively. Um, and you know, again, the Bucks just refuse to to kind of hunt that weak defender in their passport. It's,
5: it's many to watch at times. You can follow him on Twitter. He is at er sports one good luck if you can uh, find a three in the first half tonight and watching the game er we appreciate the time as always all right guys thanks uh, good luck yep there you go aaron running so you were watching the game with him against the hawks at the u.s open hawks or nets
4: oh uh, that was the nets. nets
5: he was going he was pretty uh I was happy i mean you guys
4: you he? and the aaron running both grew up in wisconsin yeah right you're bucks fans yeah uh-huh. you, you have not seen that franchise have much much success <laughs> The Bucks have not been in the finals since what 1974. Yeah, right. So, yeah. yeah, he was happy that night, but he also had a futures bet on the Bucks. So okay, it was a profitable night for him as well. I mean, are, do you consider yourself a Bucks fan?
5: I, I, I mean, it'd be good for them, like for my friends and family back there. Right. I'd be, yeah, that'd be great to see them win a championship for I sure. I know.
4: When you're our age, you're a lot less of a fan than yep. you used to be. I don't really consider myself a fan of any team at this point. Yeah. not much of one anyway.
5: Um, coming back here with follow the money on visa and the sports betting network